Hey guys. So I have a running list of topics for this podcast, and there are so many of them that are just too short and straightforward to go into much detail. So today I am going to compile a list of my favorite, weirdest conspiracy theories. Today's topic is birds aren't real and other wild conspiracies. Birds aren't real. When I first heard about this conspiracy, obviously I had to look into it. It's the weirdest, dumbest thing I've ever heard. So here's the scoop. Birds are not birds. They are drones operated by the U.S. government to spy on American citizens. Now, I actually do believe that most conspiracies out there contain elements of truth. The government has actually used animals to spy. Now, a declassified document from the CIA's files was Operation Acoustic Kitty, where they implanted a microphone in a cat's ear canal and a radio transmitter at the base of their skull. There have been pigeons who fly secret missions, spy bugs that are actually bugs, and the list goes on. But this theory is actually supposed to be just a satirical conspiracy, though I'm sure there are people out there who actually believe it. It claims that the U.S. government exterminated every bird between 1959 and 1971 and then replaced them with these drones. They sit on power lines to recharge themselves and they poop on cars as a method of tracking. Someone named Peter McIndoe was the one who created this theory on a whim in 2017. He put, birds aren't real, on a poster, and it went viral. I think in all reality, it's just a funny thought experiment. So anyway, next time you see a bird poop on your car, the government might be on to you. Germ Theory Denialism I actually just heard about this like a few months ago. The theory or pseudoscientific belief is that germs do not cause infectious diseases. Germ theory is wrong. So a guy named Louis Pasteur, hope I'm pronouncing that right, came up with a theory that germs cause disease. Microorganisms invade the body, multiply, and we get sick. This is currently the accepted theory for why we get sick. However, pretty much at the same time that Pasteur offered up this theory, a man named Antoine Bisson, he's French, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just going to call him Antoine, said that this is incorrect and offered up his theory, which says that it is not germs that cause disease. Germs are just attracted to the environment of weakened or diseased tissue. Antoine argued that bacteria wouldn't be able to invade a healthy horse, for example. An unhealthy horse or 
bad environmental conditions destabilize the horse's native enzymes, and this in turn begins decomposing cells and tissue. And then that produces pathogenic bacteria. It's an interesting thought at the very least. People who subscribe to Antoine's theory of germ denialism tend to be more on the holistic side of wellness. So members of the medical community kind of see germ theory denialism and like chiropractic care as the same sort of pseudoscience. Chiropractors believe that immunity and wellness come from spine alignment. Your brain cannot communicate with your spine efficiently if you're out of alignment. And being unwell has more to do with that than external pathogens. If you think about it, you know, it is strange when a healthy person gets sick, like with cancer, or if they have a heart attack or something. We treat it like it's an anomaly. Like, I don't understand his diagnosis. He was so healthy, a vegan, active individual. Hmm. Interesting. Next up, backdrop people. This one is far-fetched, but why else would I be talking about it? Are you a backdrop person? This theory was put out there by a woman named Dolores Cannon, who was a hypnotherapist and past life regressionist. Backdrop people act as space fillers and are soulless beings, a concept much like extras in a movie. Say you're walking in a busy downtown city. You see people everywhere. But if we are living in a simulation like many scientists actually believe we are, then this is our own virtual reality, per se, our own movie. Every movie needs extras. So those background people you never make eye contact with or meet might just be figures in your own virtual simulation. Or what people who subscribe to the simulation theory call NPCs, non-playable characters. Now, in my simulation theory episode, I talked about how things aren't there until you perceive them, like game rendering. Nothing exists until you see it or create it in your subconscious. Someone you pass in the grocery store but make no eye contact with or interact with is just a backdrop person. Dolores Cannon came up with this because she hypnotized thousands of patients and they all really told her identical things about life, death, the universe, our existence, other dimensions, etc. When she hypnotized them, she felt like she was talking to a collective consciousness or these people as their highest self. So, due to her findings, she came up with this theory. Cannon says that backdrop people are soulless and they have no auras. She says they can't develop free will or elevate their own consciousness or spirituality. Questions arise. Can they evolve? And if so, evolve into what? They can never develop a soul, but she says she's unsure if they can evolve or what they might evolve into. They are basically autonomous. If you interact with a backdrop person, maybe they were not a backdrop person to begin with. So, backdrop people are basically projections that populate your life, and these projections of people are coming from your subconscious mind, filling in spaces. So the next time you're walking around a crowded place, the people surrounding you might be 
fake. Next here on my list is a total conspiracy theory, but it's one that I actually maybe believe I do. Okay. Mattress Firm is a money laundering business. So if you haven't noticed, mattress stores tend to pop up everywhere, but one in particular, Mattress Firm, has a crazy conspiracy surrounding it. When it comes to Mattress Firm, typically you'll see them clumped together. Why does one small town need four mattress stores? In 2018, there was a Reddit user that proposed this. There was a very high concentration of mattress firm stores in certain areas of the U.S., especially so in Chicago. He wrote, Mattress firm is some sort of giant money laundering scheme. They are everywhere and always empty. I remember seeing four mattress firms all on each corner of an intersection once. There is no way there is such a demand for mattresses. I'm talking about multiple of the same mattress store all in close proximity to each other, not different mattress companies. So this topic went viral and everyone began screenshotting Google pens of their area and all the mattress firms within like a half a mile of each other. And in some cases, there were multiple mattress firms on just one block. I tend to agree with the Reddit user. I mean, I don't believe mattresses are in such high demand. You probably buy a new mattress, what, every 10 years? Heck, to be honest, probably longer than that if you're frugal, maybe, like me. It does seem a little ridiculous, and there can't be that much money in mattress selling, not like a car where you can make a great deal of commission. Maybe I'm wrong. According to Seth Basham from an investment firm, says having multiple stores within close proximity to each other is actually a reasonable business strategy. They're basically trying to be your first choice when you're buying a mattress by being your only choice. And mattress firm has been buying out regional chains of other mattress sellers. Something interesting, to me at least, is that Mattress Firm is based in South Africa, and their owner has been the subject in, quote, massive criminal investigations. Apparently, this isn't money laundering that he's being accused of, but financial fraud. When the owner purchased Mattress Firm, he reportedly paid $2.4 billion, which was actually more than twice what it was worth. And it seems the company has been in massive debt and were being sued by Tempur-Pedic in 2018 for selling a mattress with the name of Temper Sealy, which sounds like Tempur-Pedic. Anyway, I think it's strange that it's based overseas and that the owner has been accused of financial fraud. It's maybe just a conspiracy, but it's still a little fishy. Next conspiracy topic is another one I actually like entertaining. The Titanic didn't sink. Here's the scoop. So most everyone knows the story of the Titanic. The unsinkable ship crashed into an iceberg and it damaged the boat and caused the front of it to flood. And then it ultimately sank, resulting in 
a little over 1,500 fatalities due to hypothermia and drowning. Well, the Titanic actually had a sister ship named the Olympic. Soon after the Olympic was finished, it collided with another ship and it was pretty severely damaged. It obtained two large holes in the hull as well as severe damage to the propeller. This was going to require months of repairs and it was going to be extremely costly, money that needed to be spent on preparing the Titanic to set sail. The theory is that the company decided to do an old switcheroo for an insurance payout. They were going to secretly switch the Olympic and the Titanic and send the quote unsinkable Titanic out on a voyage, sink it, and get a lot of insurance money. What we knew as the Titanic was actually not the Titanic, but her very damaged sister, the Olympic. J.P. Morgan was the owner of these ships, and he was due to set sail on the Titanic. But at the very last minute before setting sail, he backed out. Theorists say that this is fishy. He knew the ship was going to sink. And not only that, but numerous high-profile passengers also backed out last minute. Theorists say that while the boats did look identical, there were a few differences about them. The Olympic had 16 portholes. The Titanic, on the other hand, only had 14. In photos from the Titanic's voyage, it appears that the ship has 16 portholes. Another thing that makes theorists believe this, so the SS Californian, also owned by J.P. Morgan, was a ship very close to the Titanic the SS Californian would have been able to see the distress signals put out by the sinking Titanic. But the Californian ignored the signals and didn't go help. No matter if the Titanic was switched with the Olympic, it is still such a tragedy. Over 1,500 people died that day. Now, whether or not it was at the hands of someone who knew exactly what was going to happen to all of these innocent people, a member of the evil elite, that will most likely remain a mystery. All right, next up, we've probably all heard the conspiracy that the moon landing was faked and filmed in a movie studio. But here's one you might not have heard. The moon is fake. This theory is very popular among the Flat Earth Society, but they are not the only ones who believe this. Believers in this theory say that the moon is just a projection, paid for by the government, and put out there for some reason. Now, scientists say, yes, the moon is commonly visible during the day. We can see it during the day when the moon is above the horizon, so it isn't hidden behind the Earth, and some of the portion of the moon that is being illuminated by the sun is visible to us. The moon completes an orbit around the Earth roughly once a month, so that means that the moon is between the Earth and the sun sometimes. And sometimes the moon is on the opposite side of the Earth from the sun. Night and day really have nothing to do with it. People notice the moon at night because it's the brightest thing in the sky. 
only during the full moon, the moon will rise as the sun sets and end as the sun rises. So basically, only once a month will the moon be up at night and down all day. A lot of the time, if you look, you can see the moon during the day. Flat earthers say, this is a bunch of baloney. The way the media and science portrays what's happening is fishy and wrong. They say the first issue is the eclipse path. If the earth is rotating from west to east, then the shadow should pass across the earth's surface from east to west. The other argument they have regards the size of the moon's shadow on earth. They say that the shadow that the moon casts on earth has to be bigger than the moon itself, much like if you were to take a round ball and shine a flashlight behind it on a wall. The shadow on the wall is always going to be bigger than the ball. Scientists debunk both of those things, and I won't get into that right now. You're welcome to go look at Flat Earther's arguments and, you know, decide for yourself. Right now, I'm staying on topic to just let you know that there's no actual moon. Now, you know I'm being facetious, but let me give you a few facts about the moon to really think about. Things that are a little crazy. Crazy enough to make you wonder. A. Is it totally man-made? B. That we are definitely living in a simulation for things to really add up about it. Or C. It's all just crazy fortunate coincidence. The distance and size of the moon are the perfect distance and size to allow for an eclipse to occur. The odds of that happening are, though obviously not impossible, a fact that seems far-fetched. So the distance that we perceive the sun, as far away as it is, is the exact same size as the size that we perceive the moon as it is much closer to us kind of fascinating. Next, the moon always shows the same side to the earth because it rotates around us at the exact rate that we make one full rotation. The moon is tidal locked to the earth. While this does happen, it is kind of crazy that it just naturally occurs this way. And regarding the moon's orbit, it has a very unusual one. It is almost a perfect circle which is incredibly rare. And the moon is the exact perfect size to balance out Earth's slight axis tilt to keep us stable and allow us to have stable climates and seasons and all of that. Speaking of size, the moon is kind of huge. It's bigger than Pluto. Pluto is only two-thirds the diameter of the moon. With that being said, the size ratio between the Earth and the moon is odd. Most solar bodies that have moons are much, much smaller in comparison to the planet that they orbit. Now, our sample size is obviously really, really small. Whether it's strange in general or just strange for our eight planets, I guess is to be determined. Next, and this is also a conspiracy in and of itself, but some researchers say that the moon must be hollow because when the Apollo mission crashed part of their lunar lander in the moon to gather seismic data, they found that it rang like a bell. Considering what scientists believe is the reason for the moon, an asteroid hit the Earth causing a chunk of the Earth to fly off and become our moon, 
It makes this phenomenon strange. What's more, there are legends from indigenous tribes in Africa, North America, the ancient Romans and Greeks, that there was a time before the moon. Anyway, those are just a few reasons why people speculate that the moon was either put there, it's not an actual natural moon, or that it's just a hologram. My last crazy conspiracy of the day, although I could go on forever, Walt Disney was cryogenically frozen. Honestly, it's more of an urban legend than a conspiracy. So, although it was officially declared that Walt Disney was cremated, some say that he was cryogenically frozen. The rumor started when a reporter claimed that he had snuck into the hospital that Disney passed away in, and he broke into a storage room there where he saw, with his own eyes, Disney's body in a cryogenic metal cylinder. So, newspapers caught wind of this and actually published it as fact. But there are no photos, no anything that supports this. Something else that had helped fuel the rumor was the fact that the first man to ever be cryogenically frozen happened in the same city that Disney was buried, and it supposedly happened only one month after Disney's death. The former president of LA's Cryonic Society claimed that Disney had actually called and inquired frequently about being frozen when he found out that he was terminal. So I mean, who really cares, right? Well, the legend comes in here. The reason the Disney movie Frozen was created was to trick search engine algorithms into only showing information about the movie as a distraction from the truth. Google Disney Frozen and you get Frozen, not information about Disney's actual body being frozen. People make this point. Why would they name the movie Frozen? It's a weird name. The original name of the story was The Snow Queen, but Disney apparently wanted to make it their own, and the title Frozen was strategically thought out. You know, I've made this point about the movie Tangled, the Rapunzel movie. I feel like it's a dumb name. Pocahontas was Pocahontas. Aladdin was about Aladdin. Moana, Cinderella, Tarzan. I'm ranting. Anyway, this is what they call a low-stakes conspiracy. Go join the Reddit low-stakes conspiracy thread. It's fun. Anyway, there are many more crazy conspiracies that I would love to cover, but I will be saving them for another episode.